Episode 21, The Transformational Benefits of Psilocybin. To work your energy podcast and today we have a really incredible um, guest who is Jonathan from Behold Retreats and we're going to be talking about the benefits of psilocybin and um, you know and how it can transform our lives in a relatively short time when you compare it to other um, things that we can do in our lives so hi Jonathan how are you thank you for joining us I'm really thank I'm really well, thanks, Elizabeth, and uh, it's a real pleasure to um, to be here and to have this great conversation with you. So, thank you for the invitation. Yeah, well, you're welcome. You're welcome, and likewise for me as well. You know, as we just talked about briefly, I I do discuss psilocybin in my in my uh, new book. You know, and um, the reason I'm discussing it is because I'm talking about us being able to connect more with the energy fields and um, we, you know how we have these sort of inhibitors in our brain which stop us from connecting, if you like, to the full extent of what we have around us in the energy field. And so what I, how I mentioned psilocybin and how I, how I like it is the fact that it allows us, it gives us that opportunity to experience more than what we are, you know, and to, if you like, lift the inhibitors off and experience, uh, you know, the more of the energy field, more of what's around us. And you know, as I was saying before, once we've experienced that, we can't go back to who we were before. We can't go back to normal life. And I sort of feel that's how these mind altering drugs work, that they, in a sense, introduce you to, to the person you know, more than who you are. They introduce you to, to more than your physical self. But once you've been introduced to that spiritual, you know, higher self, you can't go back to that physical body, you know, that physical person that you were before. And it, you know, it just completely transforms your life. And that's why I think it, it pulls us out of depression so fast. So what's your take on this? Yeah, um, you know, there's there's a lot to build upon from what you've just said. I think in a broad sense, I, I completely agree with, with everything uh, that you've said. You know, I think these are medicines that uh, amplify our sensitivity to what is. And so it gives us access to parts of reality or parts of our subconscious um, that perhaps we didn't have easy access to um, through everyday, shall we say, normal consciousness. And so in these expanded states, we're really able to travel within and to experience ourselves in, in new and exciting ways and, and connect with um, the good things, right? The joy, the love, all of the, the emotions that perhaps sometimes we feel are a bit muted uh, in our everyday lives. But then also um, it's common for, for lower level emotions, lower level vibrations to also be surfaced, right? Traumas from our childhood, um, things, past experiences that were painful, um, thing, you know, experiences where perhaps we didn't act as beautifully as we might have liked to. Um, you know, there's, there's very profound lessons that are available through these experiences. Um, one of the things that I found very interesting and I think is important in relation to this work is that psychedelics, psilocybin or otherwise, are not necessarily 
positive in of themselves, I think they're a very powerful tool. It's the intentionality, it's the container, it's the preparation before a ceremony or a retreat, and it's the integration work after a retreat. So doing the mental and emotional work is such a fundamental aspect of truly benefiting from this work. Like you can go take some psychedelics and you know perhaps you'll have a profound experience, perhaps you'll have a challenging experience, but it's actually very easy to land back where you were before you're going to have this you know story to tell perhaps but you know i think as as you alluded to at the beginning um, of our chat what you're trying to do is to raise your consciousness and you're trying to do so in a sustainable fashion and so what some of the science has shown and i think this is particularly interesting is that these medicines are great for number one uh, helping us to connect to our sense of joy and, and who we are number two our sense of uh, spirituality and connection with the sacred and number three and, and perhaps most importantly it does not remove our feelings of negativity and toxicity so these are the things that often are tucked away from what we see in ourselves. There are our mental and emotional blind spots. And so that's why sometimes, you know, they talk about psychedelic assisted psychotherapy. It can be really helpful with these experiences to have someone who's helping us see our own minds in preparation for these experiences. And then, you know, for me, my own journey, my own experience has been that when those things are true in relation to you, you having a deep understanding of the opportunities for self-improvement coming into the medicine work and setting that deep intention, then the medicines and these experiences can really respond in kind and facilitate um, really radical transformations in perception of self and indeed the outside world. So it's it's amazing work. It's, you know, it, it helps me bounce out of bed every single morning uh, to just be able to do this work and to and to help people as I've been helped. You know, that's what the, the motivation behind for me for establishing this business is like, look, if I could just help one person in the way that I've been helped, like it's all worthwhile. It doesn't matter the expense. It doesn't matter any of the other stuff. It's just like, wow, there's something here that is so magical. Yeah, I know what you mean. And I think that's what drives all of us, isn't it? That's exactly what I felt when I wrote my book. If this book just helps one person, you know, then it's been, it's been worth, you know, the years it's taken of researching. Um, so what you're saying essentially is that it doesn't get rid of the negativity, but it pulls it up to the surface so that we can, we can deal, we, we can work on it. So it creates the awareness. It shows it to us. Yeah. yeah. And then, then we can then work on it and understand more about it and work it out of our system. Is that, is that what you're helping people do um, through the retreats? Yeah. So I'm going to give an example. So um Perhaps someone, you know, because I, I know you're such a student of consciousness, you know, one of the ways that I sometimes radically oversimplify consciousness is to speak about people being in victim mode, in egoic mode, in kind of interdependent collaborative mode or mystical, right? And, you know, we can all travel between these forms of consciousness, but we also have kind of a base state, right? So if we're working with someone, say, who is stuck in victim consciousness, you know, they see themselves as at the effect of the world, right? So everything is out there and they're not, they don't see themselves as powerful. They see themselves as the victim of, of everything that's happening around them. Now, if someone of that nature was to go into one of these experiences, having first, say, a few coaching or therapy sessions to really understand what's going on in the mind when they think that way, then when they step into ceremony, these can be, it's, it's just, it's a lot easier to surface 
and to process uh, these these lower level emotions because it can be painful, right? There's going to be shame. There's going to be guilt. There's going to be fear. There might be anger. There's going to be very powerful emotions that could potentially rise to the surface as we try to understand and we start to unpack uh, what it is the person tries to unpack, what it is that sits behind their victim consciousness. So, you know, for me, if I if I speak honestly and transparently, um, some of the character traits that used to uh, limit me in 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 my time as a strategy and management consulting for many years, uh, you know, in in, uh, in in the corporate world was frustration and impatience, right? And and honestly, um, sometimes that that can serve you, but honestly, it can it can get in your way and it can really damage client relationships and relationships with the team, and and you can let yourself down uh, as a result of that. And so, you know, I saw in myself certainly that there was times and instances where my frustration and impatience was almost indescribable like it just it rose to the surface out of nowhere and it was like i didn't know where that energy was coming from and so when i was able to connect back to some of my early childhood traumas and release the energies associated with it it's not to say that i never get impatient and i never get frustrated i still do but the intensity and the strength and the hold in which those emotions used to have over me, it's nothing like what, what it used to be. And so it's a, it's a big shift that has just benefited me in so many ways. And so, you know, we all have childhood trauma, like virtually all of us, even those of us who came from loving parents and had a beautiful, great upbringing, there's things that impacted you because your parents were impacted. And, you know, even though they had all the love and all the care in the world, we just, we all have childhood trauma. So there's things there, limiting beliefs, fears, negativity, lower vibrations uh, that are keeping us from seeing what we truly are. And so as we unpack and unfold and release more of these lower level vibrations, we raise in consciousness where you're strengthening our spiritual connection and able to tap much more deeply into our intuition, our sense of self and feel confident and empowered in who we are as we, as we walk the path of the, the miracle that is the human experience. Yeah. So what you're talking about is that the the that we still deal, we still have frustrations, impatience, you know, anger, all these things to deal with in our world. But we're coming at it from a different place. We're no, we're no longer seeing it as you know that we are victims to this, and we have to um, you know accept it or you know or sit in it. We're now seeing it as well. Okay this is interesting, let's explore this, let's, let's observe what's happening, let's see what part I play in it. And let's see, you know, if, if I change myself, and my change my behavior, let's see if it changes on the outside of me, which from my, my own uh, experience of, you know, of, of consciousness and, and working on my own mindset, um, over the past few years, this is what's changed. My life hasn't changed, but I've changed. So how I relate to it is diff is, is, is more positive it's different and this is so is this how the, the psilocybin works it changes you so that you then start to relate to life in a different way in a more positive way for you or does it just give you amazing transformations where a bit like i can i can equate it to the the, the near-death analogy so the people who've had near-death experiences in their life come back so transformed that you know, they're just completely different and they just have amazing lives and they start to see life in a different way. Uh, you know, so the psilocybin, maybe they have, you know, sort of these transformational moments and it allows them to see beyond their life, to see beyond the physical, if you like. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, in, in relation to how these medicines work, you could speak to 50 well-informed people on the subject and receive 50 different answers just based upon the nature of the individual and how they see, see, see this work. One of the ways that I like to describe it to a more rational audience is to talk about decompartmentalization of the brain. So if I speak from my own personal experience, you know, when I was managing a large team of 150 consultants, multiple clients, many projects, um, the brain is the brain becomes quite overwhelmed, actually, with the amount of stimulus in the world. And so when that takes place, we become patterned in the way that we think in the way that we act. And that sounds like efficient, it sounds positive, but it's actually super dangerous. Uh, and so there's a there's a network in the brain that's called the default mode network that begins to kind of command and control uh, the traffic uh, in the brain. And so what tends to happen, and you can see this in the MRI scans and some of the research that they've done on psilocybin in particular, is that the brain, only a few regions of the brain are able to interact with a few other regions of the brain. So another way of saying that is that a small subset of neural pathways are just being overused tremendously. So we've actually lost a great deal of the function in our brain. And so in contrast, when you look at an MRI of a Westerner pre, uh, pre psilocybin, shall we say, versus actively, um, you know, working with psilocybin, you can see a much higher, it's a much more beautiful photo. It's a much higher degree of interactivity between the regions of the brain. Now, some of the reason that we have these profound experiences is that we're reconnecting parts of the brain that haven't been able to speak to one another, right? So uh, the trauma that we had as a child that was compartmentalized away because it was too painful. We don't actually have a conscious memory of the experience. That comes back all of a sudden. That's a very powerful experience. These medicines are also what is described as neurogenetic, which means that they facilitate the new growth of neurons in the brain. So you actually get more brain cells um, through these medicines, which is you know, something that most people can get behind. Um, and then, you know, if you were to contrast uh, the MRI of a, uh, a Western brain with psilocybin next to a Buddhist monk with 20 years meditation practice, there's a lot of similarity, right? The, all the regions of the brain are talking to all the regions of the brain. That's what we talk, that's what we're looking for. We're looking for a unified consciousness, not this decompartmentalized deterministic, uh, you know, calculator. Uh, and so for me, the journey has been depatterning. Uh, you know, I spent most of my, my professional life establishing a very, effective uh machine shall we say and now I'm, I'm i'm working on developing the organism the the organic organism rather than than the machine and it's and it's a very different uh feeling uh in relation to the the consciousness and my experience of the world my experience of myself uh and and that's you know uh, one i would say i would describe that as one aspect as one way to describe the nature of this work and there's innumerable because these are such, um, shall we say, profound and unifying experiences. You could talk about it from this perspective of the heart. You could talk about it from this perspective of the spirit. You could talk about it from the perspective of, you know, the receptors in the brain and, and go really neuro nerd uh, on it. You could talk about it in relation to vibration and how these medicines help us unify mind, body, heart, and spirit and to bring them into a single vibration so that we can move up into higher states of consciousness. So there's many ways to describe it, but, um, you know, I think one of the ways that I often um, uh, characterize this work is that you can see it's working for, there's clinical trials for 
depression, for anxiety, for OCD, for addictive disorders, for stroke victims, for autoimmune disorders, for cancer, for end-of-life patients. And you start to look at this long list of all of these potential applications. You go, wait a minute, what is it going? Is what's going on here? Is it is it that you know psychedelics cure everything? And it's actually that most of our problems are a reflection of consciousness. They start in our brain and then they are reflected through the physical body. But the manifestation is of mind, is of is and so as we begin to cure our minds, then we can begin to unravel the root cause of the of the issue. And then that, you know, that translates into our thinking, into our behavior, into our actions, and fundamentally into our bodies. Mm, okay. So I'm just thinking about the research I did for my book. So in, you know, in a sense, because we're not accessing the full you know, sort of capacity of our brain, that in a sense, we are only working with a, a smaller amount of consciousness, as in, you know, we um, are, that consciousness uh, is, that we are only able to access a, I don't know how to describe it really, because I know that you know there's a very, very big debate around whether consciousness is generated from our brain or whether you know it's it's actually outside of us, or you know, or not outside of us, you know, but you know, part of the energy field that we exist in. And and I yeah. think it's the latter. Um, yeah. you know, so I know that we are part of the energy field, you know, we are made from the energy field, you know, we we are we are all part of it. So I understand that. But I can also see from from my interpretation of it is that we're constantly always being upgraded with, uh, with, with the energy field, with the consciousness of the energy field. So in a sense, the more we release our own, uh, raise our own vibration, and the more we manage to, um, if you like, you know, rewire our pathways, our neural pathways, then the more we are working in a higher vibration with consciousness, um, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, beautifully said. Beautiful. And I think that's exactly it, right? I think what becomes evident through these experiences is that reality itself is subjective. And so it's much as we have big shifts in how we see ourselves and the world and the universe and the relationship between them, then we can be much more empathetic towards others who see the world in a very different way. And so I think, you know, that's part of this journey that we're on, I think in a particularly strong way collectively at the moment is to be able to grow, to honor, the subjectivity of experience because perception is reality. And so once we've had the rug, I'm going to describe it as having the rug pulled out from under ourselves five or six or 10 or 20 times and our understanding of reality has shifted over and over and over again. It's like, oh yeah, everyone's living in their own little reality and there is no consensus truth or absolute truth um, that exists because we're all having our own experience. And so to be able to to engage with that, understanding that that we're all just here having our own experiences and trying to bounce off one another and make sense of things really shifts the the perception of some of the, shall we say, you know, deep collective problems that we're um, that we're facing uh, in these times. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, I'm all I'm someone that's had, I have to have meaning in my life, you know, I have to feel that I'm here for a reason and that, that there is meaning to my life, you know, I've always been like that. And to a certain extent, I've probably found my meaning, you know, rather than my meaning finding finding you, I don't think that our, our purpose meaning finds us, I think that we get to, uh, you know, a point in our life where we are able to 
actively decide what our purpose and our meaning is. And I think that's usually comes around through experience, you know. So for you, obviously, you've now found your, you know, this is now what you want to do. You want to do this and, and help the world in this way. Um, you know, and and likewise, you know, with my my book and my my own research. But um, t- let's t- tell me a bit about your story then. So, how did you get into this? I think people will be interested to hear that. <laughs> yeah, happy to share. Um, to be honest, I think I think of myself as a bit of an unlikely candidate in the sense that I was an atheist. Uh, I was, as I shared before, in the corporate world and you know pursuing what I thought success looked like. Uh, in that rational material worldview, right? So chasing more clients, bigger deals, the next promotion, all that stuff. Um, you know, I was living in Hong Kong uh, for five years before I decided to, to take a year off. And so, you know, Hong Kong is a kind of work hard, play hard sort of environment. A lot of uh, expat foreigners there for career oriented reasons. And um, yeah, after, you know, for me, it was about five years into my time there that I just recognized that I didn't know where to turn. I didn't know where to go. It was the life that I was living wasn't going to bring me any incremental meaning or purpose or joy, you know, more money, a bigger apartment, like all that stuff didn't have any luster. There was no magic left in success in that paradigm. And so I didn't know what the answer was. And um, being atheistic, I didn't think that the answer could possibly be spiritual uh, in its nature. But I just decided to take a year off and to see what would fill the vacuum. And I spent most of that time traveling through South America and ultimately wound up at a first ayahuasca retreat with um, two friends of mine in Peru. And for me, I, you know, honestly, it was what I needed, but I wasn't particularly prepared for the experience. I didn't recognize the potential intensity uh, of the experience. And I had a very challenging uh, experience, very profound, but also very challenging. Um, and then finally, I also wasn't really guided uh, following the experience itself. So I didn't really integrate the experience well, um, because I just didn't know what to do. You know, here I was walking in an atheist, walking out, having had these wild spiritual and sometimes very challenging slash terrifying experiences that I just did not know how to bring back into this 3D miracle reality level, this dimension. Um, And so, yeah, it was, you know, it took me about a year. Uh, I I turned to meditation. I turned to um, reading some spiritual books, began to make a little bit more sense of things myself. um, And then, and then began working with, with more plant medicine. So my journey has really been uh, just over the past five years now. And through my own experiences, through my own, you know, uh, pursuing of retreats around the world and working with private healers as well, I really came to recognize that what I went through was what I needed, but that there was, shall we say, a better way in terms of helping people be prepared, in terms of helping people understand what they're getting themselves into, making sure that they're prepared for the intensity of these experiences. And so, yeah, it started with, you know, being motivated to uh, be able to host and facilitate retreats for my friends and to do that at a really high level, um, those in my business network as well. And then it just naturally evolved into Behold Retreats from there. So, um, you know, we place, I would say, a much stronger emphasis on uh, on the mental and emotional aspects of this work. And that is, to me, it's just so fundamental. If you want to benefit from plant medicine, from psychedelics, you have to do the work. This is no, this is no magic pill that, uh, that solves all our problems. So that's a little bit about my journey. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm sure many people can relate to that. 
And um, yeah, of course, there's no magic pill with anything. You know, it's it's like, you know, we sort of uh, we come to this world in order to, you know, to find our way out of it. I sometimes feel like it's trying to find your way out of a really challenging maze, you know, and try turning which way and that, you know, making decisions to go through. Um, it does feel like that sometimes, you know, and sort of when you find that uh, chink of light and, you you know, you find that, you know, sort of, I don't know, epiphany or transformation or whatever, you know, you, you then feel that you want to pass it back to the people behind you which I think is probably what we're all doing and what the people in the past have done as well you know we find our way through and then we want to help others find their way through and uh, it seems to me that, that that's the same for you too yeah beautifully said I love that and I think you know we're all here to give I think each of us is not some random permutation of genes right we're all here at this time um, to uh, work on ourselves to and to give to others, right? And to be in relationship. And I think as we tap into our unique gifts and our unique uh, capacities, then the world just becomes a better and better place. And um, you know, I think we're we're in the middle of a big shift from you know this fear and scarcity based paradigm of what can I get um, into? Okay, now what can I give? And I think that's a very exciting. Uh, it's a very exciting transition to see and to be a part of. So you think that's how you know we we will collectively evolve by all working on ourselves individually, and then in a sense that quantum entangles with the people outside of us. You know, we all start to to raise our vibration or or move into that sort of next level of consciousness, if you like. Yeah, I think it. Um, you know, I, there's a Ram Dass quote that I really love, which is uh, I'll probably butcher it, but I'll try it anyway. Which is, uh, you can do nothing but work on yourself. I can do nothing. I, you can do nothing for me, but work on yourself. I can do nothing for you, but work on myself. Uh, and I really love that, right? Because it's, it's, it puts the locus of control back upon ourselves. Um, and so, yeah, of course, we'd love to get out there and do lots of things in the world. But it's just, it's so fundamental that each of us just continues to raise our own vibration. And then, as you say, that's the mechanism that we affect others. Um, it's, it's as much as anything, I say to some of our clients, you know, you could go sit next to one of our healers for a week and never do any medicine. And never even exchange a word. You just go sit next to him or her for a week and you will raise in your vibration because it's it's energetic in its nature. And that's, you know, if you had told me that five years ago, I would have laughed at you and said, that's not possible. Um, so sometimes it's like, it's almost kind of like uh, just such a paradigm shift to surprise myself and the shift in perception, the, the shift in consciousness from a material 3D density worldview, which, you know, I think coming back to, to what you were saying before, we've got this very narrow band of perception, right? This is this mind, this thing, this brain, it's an antenna. And so at the moment, we're picking up a few channels, and we think that that's what we reality is. And so as we expand the range of the antenna, we calibrate this thing, we decalcify our pineal gland, which is, you know, the epicenter of our, uh, of our antenna, um, which is which is for most of us, it's super calcified by virtue of diet, and fluoride in the toothpaste. Uh, which I used to think was a conspiracy theory, but now it's like, proven. It's sitting on web webmd.com. Um, so we need to we need to really fix our own our own antenna in order to have access to reality. Uh, and so that that healing process is is gradual, um, and it's so profound. Once we're able to access, you know, new channels, it's like oh wow, this universe is subjective in its nature, and we're able to access so much more than 
what we have been taught, you know, material dense reality is uh, that we were taught in school. It's just, it's so much bigger and so much better. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. When you broaden your mind like that, you move outside the um, of the mind. But um, so one of the things that you know, I I I like to uh, play around with altering my you know states of being, if you like. But I do that through meditation, and also the brain waves, which is also something I talk about in my book. So you know, we're moving through different brain waves and accessing different brain waves. You know, and we now understand about the gamma and the lambda you know, where we're actually, what we're using our brain uh, more holistically together. Uh, is that sort of how that relates to psilocybin? You know, that that it allows, as you were talking about the, um, the different parts of the brain, so it opens them up and then it allows the brain to work together. And when our brain is able to, to work so that all sides and all, all parts of it are working coherently, then that's, you know, when we not only feel better, but that's when we can start to experience different aspects of reality, different dimensions, if you like. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one of the, what immediately came to mind is that, you know, with these experiences, there's, there's plenty of people out there who have taken psychedelics for 20 years and, some of them are are just lost on more dimensions, right? Their house is a mess. Their relationships are a disaster. Um, you know, they they don't have a job they like. They're full of judgment and negativity. Um, so, you know, it's not again. It's not that these medicines in of themselves are positive. What we're trying to do with these medicines is is as you were kind of alluding to, is to reach a higher vibrational state, to move up into. Uh, a higher vibration. And so when we have that specific intentionality, you know, we could wander around the, uh, the infinitude of, of consciousness and see lots of stuff and have profound experiences. But when we have the specific intention to move up into a higher vibration, then I think more interesting things begin to unfold. So, you know, often we need to travel down into the other polarity into the lower levels of consciousness where there's you know the really dark stuff the shadow that is that is hidden from our consciousness and so often we need to clear some of these lower level energies to be able to move back up into these higher vibrational states uh, and that's a journey that just continues to unfold uh, over time yeah and so this is why you know nothing nothing is going to replace doing the inner work you know and um so, you know when i work with people it's it, it, you know it's for, for, for me I, I teach them journaling you know we do belief work you know we sort of do intuitive digging to understand you know what's in there what they what they need to release what's holding them back but I think the psilocybin is allowing them to go to a much 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 deeper level because it's if you like it's bypassing all of their conscious mind all of their um, you know, it's, it's just going straight into the subconscious, which, as we know, you know, is, is massively powerful. And to a certain extent, the subconscious is the energy field that we exist in. You know, it, it's filled with everything in there. It's all there. Very well said. Yeah, it's all in there. OK. OK, well, thank you so much for your time today. It's really fascinating. I could honestly talk for hours, but I, you know, I know that we're uh, limited in time. So, you know, just tell people how can they connect with you? You know, tell us a little bit about your retreats, um, you know, your, your, your social media handles, website, things like this, uh, you know, so that they can understand how you can help them in their transformations and in their, their lives moving forward. Yeah, happy to share. So um, all of our retreats are one week long. With uh, most of our clients, we also support them before and after a retreat. 
Um, but it, again, it depends upon the needs of the individual. And uh, you can find us at Behold Retreats, behold-retreats.com. Um, and we're on Instagram as well, at behold underscore retreats. So yeah, if, uh, if what I've shared resonates and uh, people are feeling called to a journey, um, you know, I always encourage people to really spend the time and the energy to educate themselves on the space. It's one of the biggest decisions that you'll ever make. Who you work with is of utmost importance. And I don't say that to scare anyone. I just say that to, because I want people to be uh, discerning in their, in their decision-making process. So um, make, you know, spend the time and the energy to, to educate yourself, to make a decision that you're very confident in and you won't regret it. Okay, that's great. Thank you. Well, thank you very much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. And uh, best of luck with it moving forward. And, um, you know, let's speak again soon. Okay. Sounds great. Thank you, Elizabeth. Okay, thank you. Bye.